0: Hello and welcome to Motoring First. Shumi is back from Boj again. What are our This is becoming a habit. <laughs> <laughs> this time he did not write down, he just flew like normal people do. And uh, he went there to write the hero Maverick.
1: For 40. Okay. That's, that's the, the full, full name. name. Yeah. Okay.
0: But it's Maverick without an E. Yes. And a
1: double R. No, fortunately they haven't Bollywooded it. it achha, is it's just not, a missing E.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it has R.
1: No, it's just one vowel short.
0: Okay. The big thing I want to start off with is, is this just a Harley with a hero badge and hero tweaks? Or is this a new motorcycle? What if
1: on? I said that the Harley is effectively a hero with tweaks? Oh, interesting. What I learned this time is that the Hero 440 project started before the Harley Davidson thing happened. Wow. And therefore, the Harley X440 in theory came later. And in that sense, is a derivative of what the Maverick 440 is. Is in timeline terms how I would put it. Oh, man. Which changes your picture in your head completely, (laughs) right? (laughs) So, you have to go back to the uh, Harley and start the question
0: there then. Uh
1: Yeah, but what they've done essentially is clearly they were already working on it and Harley-Davidson did whatever they needed to for the x 40 But it's a strange motorcycle in one sense. Mm. The Maverick has an old-school long-stroke torque-heavy engine. But it makes less torque than before so on the maverick it's two newton meters less than the x Forty. okay but it's in the same frame as the harley davidson's it's still got the trellis frame and all of that but it's got right side up forks in the front you've okay. got 17 inch wheels and in that sense it's a completely different motorcycle and in theory a slightly more modern motorcycle than the retro engine suggests hmm. and it's that combination of retro and modern Which, if you think about it, is always a dangerous thing to do, right? Because when you cross genres, you can easily end up with total madness. And if you get it right, it can be completely magic.
0: Looking at the pictures of uh, the Maverick, this seemed confused and confusing.
1: Right. So, when I got off the motorcycle the first time, we rode it on two days, Mm. in two stints. The first reaction I had is... It's the design that's the weakest link in the story.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Right? Because um, I'm not going to say it's not an attractive motorcycle. Mm -hmm. But it is not a, oh, I have to have one in my garage Mm -hmm. motorcycle. Mm -hmm. There is a missing, let's call it panache, pizzazz, something is missing. So, uh, is it a good looking motorcycle from some angles? Yes. Mm -hmm. And Hero took one motorcycle for one of the dinners and they removed the tail unit and they put underslung bar and mirrors. And it did actually look very good. In the sense of a, uh, as they put it, and I think it's a pretty accurate description of a 70s, 750cc, four-cylinder racer used to be, sort of like that, like bare-boned and all of that. So they were going for something that would look substantial and hefty and all of those things. From some angles, they've got it, but is it a naturally good-looking motorcycle that you'd naturally gravitate towards? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I agree with
0: you. I think when I saw it, my first thought wasn't that this doesn't look nice. It was like, oh, it's interesting it looks attractive. But then when you looked at it from other angles and you were like,
1: I don't know exactly what this is. Yes, and it's for." And I think it underlines also what I'm beginning to feel that hero needs a unifying design language, which mm. makes their products identifiably hero products. Mm. Now, what I was told is maybe the Maverick is so early in the design language that we can't see the language yet. And maybe in time we will. But today, Sort of like Maruti, all their cars look weirdly different from each mm. other. There is no unifying right. theme. Hero sort of like that today. Okay, now Hero also is struggling and I accept that they will with the idea that they are a, primarily a commuter maker, mm. which is trying to transition into premium. Right. So they can't rely on their legacy too much because it leads them back to commuters. Mm. So how do you break that and create a fresh start? It is challenging. So, if you think about the X-Pulse, for example, the X-Pulse is like an old school dirt bike rather than a modern dirt bike. But to ride, it's closer to a modern dirt bike than an old one. Mm. So, the styling to me, as much as we identify it as a unique thing now, it is possibly a challenge where the design team could have gone completely to a different place and created what looks like a current-day CRF or a WR series motorcycle, right? But they didn't. Mm. And there is a pro to that and a con to that. And in the same way, I think the Maverick's biggest challenge is the design where I'm not convinced that you'll see our story and you will see that most of the stories on the internet are extremely positive stories and still be convinced that I need to go to a hero dealer and check out this motorcycle. And like the X440, if you do check out the motorcycle, I think you're going to find something that you like. That's a good thing.
0: But uh, interestingly, you said we don't see it yet.
1: So, is that so as in when more products come in, so there will be more mavericks. So this. I will don't be know family. if it will be more mavericks, but I'm saying more hero premium segment products. So today they've lowered the bar to the Extreme One Twenty Five R, which is their smallest premium product. Then there is the Pulse, there is the Charisma, there are the Extreme Two Hundreds, mm-hmm. and whatever we'll fill out next the Harley Davidson X440 and the Maverick 440. We know that they were working on an EDV which will probably use the 440 engine or not. Then there is the Zoom 160 which is a large scooter. Mm. So there's a bunch of premium products coming and you should know that that's bound to happen because they're planning to open premium dealers which is all premium. Mm. They're planning to create a more premium service experience for which you need more products otherwise the dealers won't make money. So clearly they're serious about this project. Clearly more products will come and then we should see some sort of unification of the language. Today the only link you've got Is that the Charisma headlamp details, some of the Vida headlamp details, the Zoom 110 details and the Zoom 160 details do talk to each other. The Maverick is a completely different segment. So, obviously, naturally it can't. But how all of these link up into one identifiable, that must be a hero product thing, I don't know yet.
0: Hmm.
1: It is a miss though, in that sense.
0: I don't think I'm too tied down with the idea that they should have a family look hmm. but at least each if you were to consider each one of them as an independent family under the hero umbrella that
1: there should be a certain direction for that Correct. so and- we are, yeah so one side i'm missing the direction too hmm. other side hero says maybe it's too early to be looking for directions because they are aware of products going up out four years right hmm. we are not aware of those products Correct. so we can't see the unification of that theme. and okay fair enough we'll wait and see okay Cool. Now, so here, now we de- dealt with the most difficult part of the story. From here onwards, it just gets better. Oh
0: wow! Yeah. This is this is reminding me of the Hali in that sense. Yeah. Like that. Now, so
1: the fun part about this event is, Hero never does events like this. Hmm. They never let you travel to places, and all of this is not on their agenda. Product presentations are handled as if, to hmm. This time they changed that thematic. Okay. So uh, because Bhoj is so poorly connected, and I didn't take the Multistrada this time. I flew into Kandla airport and I was told we are going to Bhuj to a hotel where we will give you the product brief and the bike and the actual hotel you are staying at is I think 80 kilometers or 90 kilometers from there. Yeah. That's your day one anyway and there is no time by which you have to arrive. So oh. in theory you could make it as long or as short as you want and then the next whole day you have the motorcycle to yourself, ride it as much as you want and the flight was on day three. Primarily because Bhuj doesn't have morning flights, you have to wait till the next day to get a flight. Which means in theory, you could put as many kilometers as you like. And uh, it turns out that, uh, you know, Veer Nakai, right? Yeah. So Veer and I hooked up together right in the beginning saying we both ride similarly. And our filming requirement is very similar in the sense he's perpetually on a GoPro. And I only stopped to take a few pictures and a little POV footage. And I don't do much more than this mm. at Motoring First. So it worked really well. Mm. So uh, we rode, uh, I'm going to say 90 kilometers the first day. And I'm going to say another 240 or 50 kilometers the next day. So we've got a lot of miles on the Maverick. And uh, fortunately, we didn't do it in one continuous stint. Mm. We did take breaks. We stopped. We had chai together, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I have a much clearer picture.
0: Mm.
1: But when we got off the first time, we stopped at a place called Birandiyara. And if you go there, there is a place called Birandiyara Bhiranda- Mawa Center, which is the original place to get kachi mawa from. Okay. Uh, I've had mawa from there, like I think 2004 or five when we were there on holiday. It's amazing. And so we stopped there. And the first thing he said is. That's not bad at all. I was going to ask you, so Veer,
0: for those of you who don't know, is a giant. He's like six foot something. And
1: yeah. uh, how was he on that bike? Uh, in in my rear view mirror, it looked a little ungainly, but uh-huh. I don't think he was uncomfortable. So we are doing okay.
0: Oh, no, not bad.
1: Right. So it's, it, is, it is a substantial sized motorcycle. Mm-hmm. In the uh, photographs and videos that you've seen so far, it might look a little stubby, mm-hmm. but it's not uh, like cramped or unspacious, But what Hero said is they pointed out a number of things there. They said this is one of the widest handlebars in the class and it's an upright seating position. So they actually want you to sit like this. Okay. So you do feel like that. And the feet are more or less uh, placed so that your knees and your ankles are roughly in the same line. So it's an okay. upright not a committed or a sporty riding position okay. at all. You can lean forward in all of that but you don't have to. Okay. So in most of my GoPro footage generally I tend to be in that body position naturally that's how I ride but on this motorcycle it did feel like I was more upright than usual Mm. which of course makes Veer look like he sticks out of the bike even further obviously (laughs) right but uh, that was one aspect of it the tank being slightly wider between your knees is another aspect of it but while the top of the tank curves out like this there's no restriction in the front so you can be quite tall and sit comfortably the seat is surprisingly thick and fat Mm. to the point where I think it detracts from the design a little bit But again, they were saying we want it to be a super comfortable riding experience and we've done whatever we think was required. But is it comfortable? As a commuter, yes. On tour, I think you'll go about two and a half, three hours before there's some amount of aches and pains, which is standard for all soft seats. Mm. And anybody who tells you that soft seats are better for touring is simply not touring enough. (laughs) (laughs) Harder, flatter seats that don't change their shape are much better for touring. And yes, those seats take time for you to adjust to. Give it three, four thousand kilometers sometimes. Once they adjust though, once you are familiar with how it feels, you'll never change your seat again. Right? So, his first reaction was, that's not bad at all. And my reaction was, no, it's actually really good to ride. Wow. Now, if you remember, in the last few years, we've noticed that Hero's instant strength and constant strength is chassis handling ride uh, and comfort.
0: Yeah,
1: Nailed it. So, when you start out, Bhuj, the city roads are not the greatest. They're very good by the average standard of India, but by the standard of Gujarat, perhaps they're a little bit Uh, up and down. And there are a couple of stretches where there was some construction, one-ways, etc. It feels really soft. So it's absorbing everything and giving you the sense of I am isolated from all of that drama downstairs. That that immediately makes, you know, it puts up a red flag in my head. It's really soft. But so when you get out of bhuj uh-huh. that road is arrow straight for long durations mm. and it's slowly becoming patchier and patchier and patchier which you remember on the java 350 which is the same road we uh, mm. we used that time i said the patches cause the bike bounce up and down mm. because the java doesn't absorb it mm. Well the maverick does oh. So, you can go very rapidly for a really long distance and not feel like you're just being bounced around by the road at all because when the bumps get larger, the speeds get higher, the composure remains exactly where it is.
0: Oh, wow. I can almost feel it. It's like…
1: Yeah, it's just disappearing under you Mm -hmm. and the sting out of every bump is taken out methodically and deliberately and carefully. So, it felt really good to ride. And the next day when we were riding, uh, we were on a wide road that becomes narrower and then the surface goes quite bad for the next 10 odd kilometers and quite bad again not by the Indian standard but by Gujarati Road standards. And you still had tarmac? You had tarmac, you had overbending, you had patches, Mm -hmm. you had uh, culverts where the road rises and falls and through all of that, I think Veer and I were holding what, 95, 98 kilometers an hour, like completely empty run on both sides, right? Mm -hmm. It's empty, no stress at all. And I don't think we either of us thought about backing off at that point of time because it would just go off the crest and land gently and softly and just carry on like this is a normal thing for you to do. (laughs) And all the 12 corners in that area of Kutch were strafed repeatedly and it's a nice handling reasonably alert and responsive motorcycle Mm. it's not sporty in the sense of how a sports bike would be Mm. but a new rider adapting to this motorcycle it would just feel natural and responsive which i think again the chassis package they've nailed it Mm. so in there are the contributions of the 17 inch wheels Mm. which make the motorcycle more agile to turn Mm. in there is the tuning of the suspension so everybody thinks that it's a step back because the harley has upside down forks and Mm. this is right side up forks but um, to me, equipment is what equipment does. Yeah. This right side up fork might diminish your idea of the value of this motorcycle, but it does a great job. Uh, yes, that does mean that the 164V has upside down forks in gold, mm. and the Maverick has right side up forks. But that's how it is. As long as it works. As long as it works. We didn't touch the suspension. It has spin rear shocks. Mm. It is a settled clean chassis package if you remember on the Harley we said that's another clean chassis package too it felt good but the Harley has an 18 inch front wheel this has a 17 so it's a little bit more responsive than the Harley so coming to that you said the chassis is the same the core of the trellis frame is the same to which is a new suspension mount in the front because it's a RSU instead of a USD at the back it's got a twin shock with a different set of tuning
0: but there's some change to the geometry.
1: Therefore, the... there is some change to the geometry. Hero didn't tell us that they actively altered the geometry of the suspension, but the changing of the wheels, etc. does alter your wheelbase. And stuff. They didn't do more than that. Okay. Even on the engine front, it's the same story. Okay. It's the same engine. It's producing a little bit less torque. Okay. But uh, Hero said that the torque difference has come primarily because of the audio tuning rather than any intentional change of talk because it does sound different from the Harley and on the Harley the audio was a very big part of their agenda right so it is less powerful but it's also I think three or four kilos lighter okay because the rear wheels diameter the circumference is actually less than the Harley Davidson's they've adjusted the gearing a little bit so this motorcycle runs if I'm not mistaken one tooth less at the rear wheel To compensate for the smaller circumference. So everything is brought back to where the Harley Davidson more or less was in performance terms. So I know on the spec sheet, it looks like the Maverick has two Newton meters less, but on the road, you'd be hard pressed to feel it. Does it feel different in terms of its engine character? Yes, it's quieter. It's calmer. And it has the same nature in the sense of lots of torque, Mm -hmm. not a lot of top. And so there was one uh, Swift, which I got really annoyed with because he was sitting at 108 kilometers an hour, Mm. like empty straight road. Me the second Maverick and a Swift in front doing 108. It was a job to pass it because there's no performance left at 108 to open and get past it. There is. It just takes forever. Yeah. yeah. But if the same Swift was doing 60, then even in 6, you just do this and it just goes past it.
0: I was actually just going to talk about that brief ride I had on the extra 40 when it was here. And uh, I remember it felt so easy to ride. Correct. That, w- that was like the, the thought that stayed with me that this is such an easy motorcycle to just get along with and get stuff done with. Correct. It's not a motorcycle you're thinking of going, I'm going to go cane this. You'll go sit at whatever speed it's at, it's happy at and just be
1: Exactly, chill over there. This motorcycle is the same, but it's even calmer and uh, the audio is distinct. But it is also not as pronounced as the Harley Davidson. So very like remember the XO forty we said it sounds like a wheat pin inside the helmet? None of that drama is going on. It's a quieter, unique voice. Can I say it is characterful? No, not really. But can you hear it? Yes. Does it sound good? Yes. But it it can fade in the background stay yes nice. fade into the background stay there uh, even on the goPro when you listen to the mm. footage it's not like the bike is overpowering mm. with its sounds it's just there you mm. can hear that the factors engine is running at almost all speeds mm. and that's enough as far as i'm concerned right so i had a really really enjoyable uh, two and a half, uh one and a half days on the motorcycle uh, about 200 and no 330 40 kilometers of really pleasant low effort riding and not slow Hmm. because kach is the way it is there's nobody around you there's arrow straight roads you can go pretty rapidly i think there were people who have clocked 150 ish on the speedo wow i tried up to about 132 and then i said okay i understand Hmm. what it is Hmm. Uh, you will hear a lot of conversation about vibration okay now here's the thing these motorcycles were production one which means the actual start of production for the maverick 440 as we record this has not yet happened so the quality levels were variable. So there will be stories where you'll hear about a lot of vibration. Some stories where there's vibration just before the red line. And in my case, no vibration at all on two motorcycles on two days at all. Okay. Like even at red line, there is a sense of strain, but there's no vibration. Hmm. So we don't know what the actual level of vibration will be. If it turns out to be more like my experience, this will be a smooth vibration-free motorcycle, which is how the XO40 more or less is until a certain point. But if it falls to the other side, there were people who said they had vibration almost constantly at all speeds, at least in the handlebar. Mm. So this is the one part of the story which I don't know about. You should also know that I did check my tyre pressures Mm. and the bike that we rode was underinflated by 33 PSI. So I'm assuming many of the other journalists were riding underinflated motorcycles. So their sense of smoothness over bad roads will be greater. Mm. But with right tyre pressures, the bike was still very, very good. No stress. What tyres? So, the Harley-Davidson had that special MRF tyre with the weird Pirelli Phantom pattern, which is oddly slippery in the wet. Uh, This has just regular MRF zappers, slightly retuned in terms of the carcass, I think they said, and the tread pattern and the compound to suit the Maverick 440. We had completely dry, clean rolls. It boots, no rain. And it worked really well. (laughs) It didn't rain on a parade, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was going to ask you about quality because that is something
1: that always gives me a cause for pause. Pause for cause, that's such a great term. Cause for pause. (laughs) Cause for pause, sorry, not pause for cause. Pause for cause is also a good term actually if you (laughs) think about it. So on the quality front, it's a little hard to call because Mm. these are production one motorcycles. They were a little scruffy.
0: Mm.
1: I was having an offline conversation with one of their team members who did say that the challenge always is that when you start wanting to raise quality levels, the suppliers instantly want more money. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a very difficult decision as to should you raise the quality level and pass on that difference to the customer or not. Mm -hmm. I think today we might still be a little sensitive to this, but I think in two or three years time, we will be a more affluent nation as a whole. And maybe our sensitivity to quality will increase and we will be uh, willing to pay more for quality, but we'll see how this plays. As of now, most of the Maverick is metal. Again, like the Harley-Davidson right. has lots of metal, this mm-hmm. bike also has lots of metal uh, components and if they had, for example, put plastic fenders instead, it wouldn't be 3 or 4 kilos lighter, it'd be substantially lighter, but they haven't done that, which also means that basic fit and finish is pretty decent in most places. Where plastics are sitting on top of metal or metal is sitting on top of plastic, the interface elements can be improved and some of the bikes were a little bit scruffy here and there, but overall, it looked a heck of a lot better than the Harley-Davidson. Oh. So, the finish level has improved to the point where this time I noticed that the pre-cat on this 440cc engine, it sticks out of the engine on this side and the oil cooler sticks out of the engine on this side. And Hero tried to turn it into a positive by saying, see, we balanced it, but honestly, that's not how it works. It's actually pretty ugly. So, what I would tell Hero to do in iteration terms is to integrate the exhaust and the oil cooler closer into the motorcycle and make the whole unit look better. Hmm. But outside of that, was the wiring as messy as the X440 when we saw it? No, it wasn't. It was better. Mess-free like the Triumph Speed 400? No, absolutely not. Not that either. Okay. But I see the signs that when it goes into production with a little bit of effort, this will be a reasonably clean motorcycle, which would make it one of the cleanest motorcycles Hero makes today outside of the charisma where all the wiring is of course hidden behind the fairing. So you can't like, Even
0: the charisma, I remember when it came to office, I was looking at the switches and the switches look better than anything I've seen before from, yeah. uh, on, uh, on a Hero. On the
1: Maverick, I would call the switches a step back Oh yeah, because they removed stuff from the left switch cube. Uh, I think the 5-way joystick or whatever, Mm. and then they decided to play with it and say that the blank, we won't leave it black, we'll put it in grey. So then your eye straight goes to say, hey, there's a blank panel here. Then they decided it's too blank, so they embossed a hero logo onto it. And in the process, I noticed that when the hero logo is printed in 2D, Mm. it's a little challenging. Mm. When it is uh, extruded. Mm -hmm. like it is on the nose of the charisma, for example, Mm -hmm. it looks okay. But when it is embossed, it just looks like three weird triangular holes and it doesn't really add up to the 3D edge that you want. So it's a very weird looking left switch cube. It sort of works, no pressure there. But Mm -hmm. when you look at it, does it elevate my sense of hero's flagship? No, absolutely not. And in the same way, uh, they've also made a very interestingly poor decision to put a very thin LCD into a relatively large bezel. So, on the Harley, they have a round bezel, but a square screen. And in the night, that still looks okay. But in the day, it just looks like Mm. it's shaped out. But that's a color screen. Mm. This just has a reverse LCD. And it's like a narrow uh, band. And in the narrow band, they've squeezed everything in. Okay, so the left half, which is just a speedometer, etc., it looks okay. On the right half, they have turn-by-turn navigation arrows and all. And that entire unit is this big, including all the directions you could possibly receive. So, when you connect the app, our Bluetooths were off, so nobody tried Bluetooth on this trip, but when you turn Bluetooth on and then connect it and do turn button navigations, the arrow is going to be about the size of my nail. Okay, good luck (laughs) looking at an arrow that small and trying to navigate the world with it. So, I think Hero does these weird aggregates here and there, which to me reduce the experience a little bit. I mean, I'm very, very uh, clear about this. If you're going to do an LCD screen, first, let's make it readable. And if you're constrained by the idea that LCDs are rectangular and I'm constrained by that shape, please make the console box itself also rectangular so it doesn't look like a halfway house. Mm. So right now you have a semicircular telltale light set on top, another one at the bottom, and in the middle this tiny um, LCD screen. And it doesn't make the bike look better or more expensive.
0: I'm going to connect this to the earlier conversation about upside down folks versus right side up folks. I mean, it has to work, right? So, yeah. whether it's upside down or right side down, you know, whatever it is, it has to work. Same way we, we get caught in this, does it have this feature, does it have that feature, does it have, Does it work, right? Correct. Uh, this
1: sounds like something where it's ticking off stuff, but it's not really working. It's not really working. And uh, they've organized their variants the same way as Harley-Davidson. So, the bottom one has spoke wheels okay. that starts just under 2 lakh rupees. Don't buy that one. Uh, in the middle is the middle variant, which is the one I think you should buy. And it comes in nice colors. It's got mm-hmm. a really bright blue and a really bright red. And they both were there. We didn't get to write those colors, but they look really good. Okay. And just like the Harley Davidson, the top model has the diamond cut finish on the alloys. It's got the geofencing e sim and all of this drama. Oh, it's got And you've got uh, black and matte black. Mm. So I had the shiny black. I think Veer was riding the matte black, if I'm not mistaken. Just doesn't look as good as the two bright so colors. So the top spec only gets the blacks? Shiny black. It's like the Henry Ford Model T. <laughs> you can have black. But Henry Ford said, basically, take it or leave it.
0: Right.
1: Kiro says, no, no, you can have matte or shiny.
0: No, so the mid-spec.
1: Ma- so what do you miss out on mid-spec? Uh, uh, just the eSIM and the geofencing features, nothing else. That's it. Yeah. Is there a connected app and stuff? There is an app. But to me, uh, pff, it's just a phone call. Like It can just wait. And yeah. I would not spend the extra money on that because yeah. of that, right? So... They are pricing themselves below the Harley-Davidson by quite the margin and 1.99 as an entry-level price. I think it's a great price. Mm-hmm. It's just that I would still not buy the spoke wheel model. I'd just go to the middle one and the spoke wheel has a white color which actually looks nice. Okay. So, the charm is the white bike looks nice, but it has spoke wheels. The middle two have the bright colors and no Bluetooth nonsense. And then the top model has everything but is black.
0: So, the spoke wheel one is uh, not tubeless? No, no, it is very, very, huh, Yeah, yeah, of course it's not tubeless How it's can you have tubeless at correct? 1.99? Himalayan and, couldn't do it yet Yeah, and so the mid and top get I alloy spoke. wheels uh, Yeah,
1: sorry, alloy wheels Alloy wheels, yeah.
0: and those are tubeless yes. So that is
1: why That is why, and then you get diamond cut And all of this finish on the, on top, the top Which so. you don't need, it's okay And uh, to me, it's more cost effective Just go to the middle model Do you have any modes or anything like ABS or whatever? No, it's ah, a very simple, okay. easy to ride motorcycle for With fact. no real complications no, no And to I really stuff. enjoyed it for that So, do you have to worry about ABS modes? No. Riding modes? No. Is it so complicated? It needs riding modes in the first place? No. Like when TVS does this 20 BHP motorcycles with riding modes, I'm just scratching my head saying, why? Mm. Who needs this complication in their life and what utility value will you possibly get after the first six months of playing with it? Right. Right. After that, you'll just settle into one mode. Like, think about it like this. My Multistrada has four riding modes. Mm. And I do change modes mm. when I travel longer distances because it does make a difference. And each of the four modes is substantially different from each Correct. other. Correct. But 90% of the time I am in one mode. Mm. And it's only because they're substantially different that I do actually change the mode to enjoy a different benefit from it. But if you have only 20 bhp as your latitude, or in the case of the, uh, Maverick 440, it's what, 36 Newton meters and some 27 bhp. How much variation could you possibly actually make? Okay. Question time. Most expensive hero? Uh, most expensive hero for the moment, yes. Uh, best engine that hero makes at the moment, also yes. Uh, best frame that hero makes, I would vote for it for sure. I would say yes. This is one of the best frames so that they make. Deserving flagship. So deserving flagship, yes. The design is what doesn't talk to the idea of the flagship. Okay. Right? I think hero needs to be more courageous with this part. I enjoyed listening
0: to your ride. I mean, uh, I mean, it felt like, uh, in, like a good
1: motorcycle, right? Yeah. Who all is it for? Is it city? Can you tour? Can Primarily, you- I would think of it as a very nice, slightly more expensive city bike. Hmm. In the same way that the Speed 400 is a very nice city bike. Hmm. But where the Speed 400 starts to struggle when you go out on the highway,
0: hmm.
1: at those speeds, the Maverick 440 is reaching the maximum performance anyway. So is Speed or? Uh, speed. Or scrambler? Speed. The Speed speed is the worst bike. The Scramble 400X is uh, is a more evolved product to me. I enjoyed the Scrambler in the city for sure. Correct. So, if you look at the Speed, the Speed is a hardcore city bike. And when you take it out on the highway and try to sit at higher speeds, Mm. it starts to struggle. Mm -hmm. The Maverick 400 actually stays smooth longer in my Mm -hmm. experience than the Speed 400 can. Although it is at almost the limit of its performance because the redline is really low and all of those Mm -hmm. things. So, to me, if I were infrequently touring or planning to tour, Primarily using in the city. I think the comfort levels might be similar. The Speed 400 might feel lighter and easier to ride. But I think the Maverick feels a little bit more special than that. It has a little bit more character than that, personality than that. Substance. It has substance. Exactly. It's a great word. So it comes together to me as a better product. Mm -hmm. But in design and finish terms, Mm -hmm. Triumph is ahead. It has a clear identity and finish. Whereas Hero needs to work on that quite a bit more. So if somebody were to tour uh, calmly, like, let's you can chill but again if you remember when you say tour calmly hmm. that's literally every bike in the 400 cc class right but okay so let me be more what speed can you sit at comfortably like the x440 you can take the maverick sit at 105, 110, no stress that's okay now on my bike again i remind you i had no vibrations at all from zero to max there were other people who did have vibrations. so we Could will you vary- see
0: revs does it have a
1: rev counter it has the world's smallest rev counter. Oh, shucks! Yeah, yeah, it it does. It does. Uh, uh, see, I remember. I said the arrow was the size of my nail. The rev counter is the is from the top to my knuckle. That's it. It seems to be the season for crap it, it stuck,
0: for instrument it clusters. It's stuck on
1: the left edge of the instruments uh-huh. uh, for the longest time. I didn't even recognize it as a rev counter. And you don't really need it, right? Because uh, 100 kmph is just uh, 4,000 rpm or something like that. Okay. And from 0 to 4,000 RPM, it has just effortless torque. Mm-hmm. So you don't really need the rev counter. So Hero sort of said, uh, we need to check the rev counter box, right? So let's yes. throw it in, is literally what it feels like. Okay. So what, the,
0: just uh, for curiosity's
1: sake, what does it max out at? What I think is, some 6,000, just like 6, the X440. Okay, so, uh, and f- between 4 and 6 mm-hmm. is where you sort of, Hope hmm. that the signs of strain are there. Hmm. On my bike, there weren't really any serious signs so of strain. So it wasn't just vibrations. It doesn't even that didn't feel strained. No, it just felt no slow. Yeah. So even the X440, hmm. the X440 only has a sense of oh, you're coming close to the limit, but hmm. it doesn't actually have a sense of dude, come on, what the hell you're doing? Okay. Neither does this. Okay. But by 4000, it's smooth, it's effortless and you're doing 100 and you know that you can go another five, ten 10 kmph, no stress. Again, remember this is cruising speed. Mm. When you're doing this piece trying to overtake something, it's quite a bit of work because it takes a while to get past because the engine doesn't really have what you'd call a top end. Mm. Right. Fair enough. So, uh, if you wanted to cruise smoothly in India today and your range of speeds ranges from say 60 to say 85, I'd give you a selection of 8 or 9 bikes that would yeah. do that smoothly. Sure right? So, the Maverick fits neatly into that with its own persona and charm and all of these things. So, to me, that's not challenging, which is why I am not impressed when a motorcycle can sit between 60 and, say, 90 comfortably. Correct.
0: Which is why the 100 figure is important because I think a lot of motorcycles, even when they have 400cc, whatever, crossing that 100 mark is surprisingly not… Difficult. I mean, being… Calm and
1: smooth at that yes. speed is And not to that me, common. the two Mavericks I rode, they did that effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Both days, I got a smooth motorcycle that ran really well up to 105, 110. Mm-hmm. After that, some amount of strain and again, not vibration and harshness as much as, okay, we are getting close to the limit now, please, okay. you might want to watch it a little. Okay. So, if this is how it comes to the studio when we do the view, I think, sort it. Okay, we'll see, and hopefully Hero will send us a production model at that point, not one of these production ones, so that we get an accurate picture of what a customer will actually buy, right?
0: And uh, tank size?
1: Uh, I don't remember offhand, but I think thirteen and a half liters or something like that.
0: And pillion? I, I actually don't
1: remember. Yeah, so big fat pillion seat okay. should be comfortable, huh. but we didn't take a pillion at all through this whole Fair thing, enough. so I have no idea what it will feel like. Okay. Promise, promise is good, and. For once, Hero actually spoke about tuning the ergonomics for the rider and the pillion both as separate units of the discussion, oh, yeah. which is a new one for me. So, I would expect this bike to have a really good pillion seat. I don't think I've heard that before. Yes, so they drew the rider's triangle and then they also separately drew the pillion triangle to say we did position the foot pegs a certain way and we did place the seat in a certain place and all of those things. So,
0: I, I've, I've, I don't remember any presentation for a motorcycle ever, yeah, ever, where
1: you've seen the pillions. Uh, no, in fact, <laughs> one of the interesting things at the event, which is not directly to do with the Maverick is how much Hero showed change in how they approach things. So we've been telling Hero for a long time saying, you need to give us a bigger and more complete opportunity to ride your bikes because this riding the handling track in CIT is great fun, but it doesn't really tell you what the real world mm. picture is like. And taking bikes out of their Jaipur facility and riding around Jaipur roads is also a relatively narrow experience. Mm -hmm. So this time, uh, and also sorry, they uh, tend to make their presentations more about marketing Marketing, sales and and their legend and history than what the product is. So this time they turned all of those things on their head. So they gave us two days to ride the bike. There was a proper product presentation which went into the nitty gritties of why they built and what they did. Mm -hmm. Then there was riding time. Most of the guys who were there from Hero, not just the R&D guys, were on motorcycles through most of it, not sitting in the back of a car.
0: You know, we we talk about this a lot. You know, the the important thing about being, in my case, let's say, uh, making snacks is you should love snacks and you should eat all the snacks that you make. And if (laughs) if you are a motorcycle manufacturer... It is so important to be on the motorcycle, all your motorcycles, as often as you can, as much as you can, you know.
1: Yeah, I I mean, think about it like this, just to set context to what he just said. If we were both dogs, I'd be rabid and he'd be the snack hound. (laughs) <laughs> Always. I'm up right. for treats. So what he's saying is exactly right, okay? The problem we have with two-wheeler manufacturers in India is it's very difficult to have hardcore conversations outside of very small teams like the R&D departments because they're just not riding bikes. So you can't make them understand your pain, your pleasure. They don't get it because they have no way of connecting to that experience. In this case, I was shocked to see it, but there were people from marketing who were on bikes. And I'm not going to say they're great riders or regular riders. Doesn't matter. But. Bhuj and the roads around it are a great environment to figure out how a motorcycle works at least because it's safe and it's open and it's straight roads and it's unchallenging. Mm. So they did get on their motorcycle, they did have your basic safety gear in place and they did ride phenomenally long distances because think about it. From first hotel to second hotel was 90 kilometers. Yeah. From second hotel to the lunch place was I think 105. Mm. And it's not like you can go 105 and then say, okay, I'm the senior most person in marketing, send me a car, I'm done with this bike, right? You've peer pressure now because everybody else is riding. So you rode back too. So they did actually put a lot of mileage. That's amazing. So I am happy and really, really happy to see the change. I hope that you know who you are. I hope that this thing sticks and then you become a serious motorcyclist. Because if you're going to make motorcycles, sell motorcycles and talk to motorcyclists, the fact that you are a motorcyclist in the first place is the critical starting point.
0: Guys, the motorcycle has to talk to you and unless you write, that's not going to happen. So I'm glad this change has happened. It's beautiful. Awesome to see an Indian company really. I mean, people there, if. Yeah. It's I mean, you think
1: about it like this. We know that this discussion is a very initial discussion for many of these people. But imagine three guys from Hero from three different divisions uh, in the evening talking to each other over dinner and saying, I had a really good ride today. Amazing. I don't know what you did on the motorcycle, how many mistakes yeah. you made, how many near misses you had. I don't care. I'm just happy to overhear a conversation where three industry colleagues who have very little to do with motorcycles up to this point are saying, I had a good day. Amazing.
0: Yeah. That, that's
1: really, that's really amazing. cool. Yeah. So, I'm hoping that Hero's on the right path and they're moving in the right direction. The noises that they're making are the right noises. We've said this before, their chassis team is nailing projects one after the other. Engine team is coming up and the x 40 platform, the 440 platform in the X and the M says, they know how to make good engines, although they haven't done it consistently for all of their motorcycles. I hope it comes together.
0: I will just reinforce one point and that Hero has to absolutely get right is reliability and quality. That consistency is, is I mean, the hero, is, the, the hero stands for trust, right? And I think that is something that they yeah. absolutely have to nail down now. We've seen that being the one stumbling block.
1: No, it's, it's one of the two stumbling blocks. The other stumbling block is service. Oh, okay. Remember the problem of having a really large audience is you can't have one-to-one conversations, right? We are very scared that motoring will become a super large channel because what we value the most is the conversation we are able to have with you in the comments and outside of that one-to-one, mm-hmm. right? What makes it really difficult is when the conversation becomes one-to-many, because it's a very diffuse conversation with not a real meaning. Hero has the exact problem right now. Think about it. They're shifting four and a half to five and a half lakh bikes a month. They're a 40-year-old company now. Plus scooters. Mm-hmm. Right? A 40-year-old company moving that numbers of products even in a country as large as ours means the service centers cannot give you great service not unless somebody was there from the beginning trying to control that experience and honestly there wasn't they were a sales company not a service company if you're going to go into the premium market today what you have to deliver is the sense of you got a premium product from us so we will take care of you effectively the change from economy class to business class yeah and they have to do this at a massive scale remember that the world's largest aircraft only has like, I don't know, 45 business class seats or something. And there's another eight people in first class and all the other 450 are in economy, right? This is, imagine, 45 or 50 times the order of magnitude. So when I buy a Charisma or an Extreme 200 or a Maverick or an X440, I have to show up at a service center which is rammed full of scooters and Splendors and HF Deluxes and whatever and be treated as a different kind of customer. It's not an easy challenge to solve.
0: Okay, coming back to that, uh, you said they are going to have their premier dealerships. Yes. When is that likely to
1: happen? So, Hero has three mm-hmm. kinds of dealerships. The ones that currently exist. Mm-hmm. Then there is the pressure on these guys to update to what Hero calls Hero 2.0, which is a slightly more premium experience and which will unlock the availability of the premium bikes in those shops. Hero is also creating what they call the premia network, which is all, all, all… Could you all repeat that? Premia. Premia? Yeah. Like multiple premiums. As if you have many insurance policies. Premium, Okay. It's just the word. It doesn't mean anything. P R E M I Yeah. So the premium dealers are supposed to be like the thoroughly modern, fully functional premium product dealership. Sounds modern. Into which I think the zero motorcycles will go.
0: Hmm.
1: Into which the Harley-Davidson X440 and whatever happens next with Harley-Davidson will go. And all of these hero premium products will go. Those places should be able to give you premium service quality also. Hmm. And I heard... I'm not sure about this. I overheard that they are working on training the sales staff and mechanics there differently, and probably paying them more so that they can stop the attrition, which is the biggest challenge in this part of the industry. So they are working on it on multiple directions to raise the experience. Right. And uh, if zeros go in there, that means electrics are coming, which means that tuning relatively fast, powerful electrics uh, servicing relatively fast, powerful electrics has to be something that this network will have to deal with day after tomorrow. They'll have to deal with smaller machines like these. And if Hero does twin-cylinder engines or whatever tomorrow, then they'll have to deal with those as well. At the front end, they will be, have to have people who can have a conversation with a reasonably serious motorcyclist as well as a new motorcyclist both. Mm-hmm. So, it is a complicated challenge. And the only thing I can say is it's going really slowly. So, we discussed the premiere months ago. And today, I think there are three. 2.0 is obviously easier to do and there'll be a larger number of 2.0s. But premias, there's just three. Okay, so it is going slowly. I, in hindsight, maybe Hero needs to take it slowly and do it right, rather than do a lot and get a wrong thing out of it. So I don't know what the pro and con is, but Hmm. it's a large ship, as I've said before. Hero is the world's largest startup in some ways, (laughs) right? It's a really large ship making a very drastic direction change. Very, very. So no matter what they do, this is going to take a while. It is going to cause ripples, and hopefully nobody's in the wake, because when a ship that size changes direction, whatever gets caught in the wake gets tossed around. Alright, uh, since we're done with all of that, was the Xbox found it? Uh, somewhere in Hero R&D, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, what I whispers. No, unders- vis- so, the only thing I can tell you is what I've heard is that they were not happy with the final state of the engine.
0: Okay.
1: And instead of rushing that product to the market, they decided to take a step back. Good job. And do the engine correctly. And to me… I would say that's the right thing yeah. to do. Think about it. It's a really large organization pushing towards premium and they need products. And the X-Pulse 400 is like a dead success before arrival. Everybody's asking about it. You guys are asking about it. This organization having the maturity to say, I know we are nearly at the finish line, but this engine is not right. We need to redo this. It takes a lot of to pull that off. I'm super happy that they did it. I hope they do get the engine right in the process. And I don't care what the delay is. The right X-Pulse 400 is better than a half-formed X-Pulse 400. Okay. And with that distraction out of the way, Maverick's already being delivered? No. Maverick's uh, production is yet to start, as I said. Therefore, I'm expecting March, mid-March is when these bikes will actually finally reach dealers and stuff. For the moment, you can only book a motorcycle. Our advice always is do not book motorcycles, although you can get your money back. Test ride. Decide that you want one of those in your life and only then pay the money, stand in the queue and all of these things. Okay. With Hero, service reputation, reliability reputation is a little bit iffy. So again, I said this for the KTM also, I would not be one of the first customers to show up. If you want your purchase to be safe, I would just rather wait three, four, five months, see what's going on, see what's broken, see what has been fixed etc. Only then commit. This is true for all brands, all new products. If being a first mover is not your native bent of mind for motorcycles, don't go and buy the first one. You'll always regret it.
0: I feel I didn't ask you about the brakes.
1: Uh, The brakes are okay. What Hero said is they wanted a lot of performance from the brakes, but not a lot of bite from the brakes and upset new riders. So, soft initially. So, it is soft initially. There's a lot of power in there if you want to use it. I really enjoyed using them. Personally, I'm not at the stage where these kind of gentle initial bites are to my taste but i see what they've done with it and i think most new riders will upgrade to a 440 and ride a bike of that performance for the first time i think they'll be quite happy with it
0: so but it doesn't get tiring
1: no no we're okay all right could this be somebody's first bike in theory yes Mm. think about it like this we always recommend at motoring that when you buy a first bike you stay 25 30 bhp-ish this is a calm gentle And not reasonably slow motorcycle if you really want to push it. So there are two sides to that picture. Okay, One is the 25-30bhp cap. The other side is I don't want you to have a motorcycle that is uh, so easy to ride that you have no headroom. Mm. So as soon as you accept that, oh, I understand how this motorcycle works, you're also simultaneously bored of it. Mm. So my worry with all of these lots of torque, easy to ride motorcycles always will be how quickly will you come to the stage where you say, okay, I'm done with this can I move on? Mm. If that horizon is three to four years, I think you're doing okay. Mm. If that horizon is lower than that, it can feel like a waste of money when you're on the other side of this product. Mm. Right? So I said this for the Speed 400, it's really easy to ride. It's really simple. And therefore, I'm worried. Will you get bored? We started getting comments from you people who are telling us that you're beginning to get bored of what the Speed 400 is. And to me, the 400X is more interesting than that because there's more headroom there. Mm. The Maverick, based on what I see, it is a really easy motorcycle to ride. It does have a little bit more headroom than a Speed 400, but I would like to test it before I say, yes, enough headroom or not enough headroom. Can it be your first bike? I think it's simple enough. The size is right. Your feet go down to the ground naturally. It's a 803mm saddle, but you don't feel like you're struggling with it. Ground clearance is also, I think, 170 something, so you won't scrape it anywhere. So, all the little bits and it doesn't feel weighty either. It doesn't feel weighty, it feels well-balanced. It's not like, oh, I we'll have to pick it up like the Harley-Davidson can sometimes feel. No, better. Mm-hmm. The handlebar is wider, you've got more leverage. Mm-hmm. And the trick always is if it's on the side stand and you're struggling with it, just turn the handlebar all the way to the right and then lift it. It gives you more leverage. The bike just feels easier to lift up. So, a lot of the moving parts of the Maverick, I think, are in the right place. If the design was just instantly more attractive, mm-hmm. I think Hero would get more people into the dealers natively. And once they test rode it, convincing them would be a lot simpler. It's a challenge that they put in front of themselves. And I hope they can figure out a way forward. Uh,
0: the easiest thing you can do is offer the nicer colours on the top variant as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know that if I were paying top dollar for the Maverick 440, I just want the choice of black or <laughs> black. <laughs> no, really, I mean... Okay, I mean, there's a place in the world for black motorcycles, but it's not the only place there.
0: I think that's a Harley idea, so I, I, I don't know why we yeah, can, we can yeah. do that. Honestly,
1: yeah. I I mean, I, I saw the blue in the sunlight. And I saw the red in the sunlight. And to my eyes, they both look a lot better than the blacks. Those colors, I I don't know. It just sounds nice. It sounds good with this. No, and and it's a a really bright blue and a really bright red. I mean, and not red in the Ducati sense, like a more maroony, more classically good-looking red. Okay. I like both of them in terms of colors. And I was a little disappointed when we went to the parking lot and all the bikes were black. Mm-hmm. Like, oh! Mm-hmm. And then there was a fight because everybody wanted the shiny one. Nobody wanted the matte one and all that drama going on. I took the matte uh, shiny one primarily because the GoPro suction mount <laughs> sits oh, on, on a matte. It's a little bit harder to do. Otherwise, I don't really have a preference. All right. Cool. Yeah. Nice. That was good. Yeah. So, good ride, good feelings, good sensations, but on a pre-production motorcycle which has a whole bunch of caveats associated with it. Mm. So, we're hoping Hero will give us a production version of this motorcycle for testing. And once we do, we'll have a, I'm, I'm going to say a more confirmed report of what the Maverick 440 is. But where credit is due is that Hero's produced two retro-style motorcycles in some ways, the X440 and the M440, both of which do not do the classic 350 thing. Mm. And I cannot tell you how important oh it is to underline that. That's amazing! If you think about it, the classic 350 has basically made fools of so many rivals by hoodwinking them into thinking that that's the way to do retro to compete with it. Which is like the first page of every brand textbook that says don't go after the market leader directly because that's a battle you'll never win. Dude, that's
0: a win and how? Because I didn't even think about the classic in this entire conversation.
1: Correct. The only place where the classic appears in the Maverick 440 is they couldn't describe the sound better than using the one word that they shouldn't thump. have. <laughs> it's literally the one word that they shouldn't have used if I was there. I would have said, bro, don't say anything thump. Mat bolna. Call it a rumble, call it thunder, call it anything you want. I'm a Pink Floyd fan. I would have called it, it has the delicate sound of thunder. <laughs>
0: oh my but what God. it has is the thump. Thump. Oh, all right. But still, okay, good place to be. Should
1: you like to do a summary, sir?
0: I feel that there's going to be more about the talking about the sense of the motorcycle than actually what the motorcycle is. But let I'm me. I'm here. I'm here to give, give it give it a shot. So Shumi is back from riding the Hero Maverick 440. That's the full name. And uh, the biggest learning for me was this isn't Hero's version of the Harley X440. Hero started with this project first, and the Harley X440 became a thing out of it. So they do share a lot, like the frame, the engine, and there are differences between them in terms of how they expect and how they feel, which is good. So first and foremost, in terms of the chassis, it's the same chassis, it's got the trellis frame. What's different is at the front, it doesn't get upside down forks. It gets the right side up units, which is not a problem, as Shumi was saying, when they were out riding through Buj, through uh, uh, back roads the,
1: around the, uh, the more white open run, roads. towards the Dholavira and all of
0: this it rode well it felt plush at low speeds over broken surfaces it felt confident over the broken surfaces at higher speeds they were doing 90 95 on just completely empty roads so that shows that the bike has comfort and composure which is great the seating position the bike i was saying that it looks a bit confusing but the stance is straightforward it's a straight up motorcycle the bars are wide upright the foot pegs are forward set so it's a very standard kind of seating position uh, not forward forward set it's in the middle
1: but right you can have it slightly tucked back in the middle hmm. it's not that tucked back hmm.
0: so like a right angle kind of seating position Correct. Correct. And uh, so that's the kind of seating position it has. It had enough space for Aveer Nakai, who's not a small person, uh, <laughs> to manage it without discomfort. And they clocked over 200, about 200 kilometers. On Hello, the, 330 On ish, day two. On day two, On yeah. day two, they yeah. did about yeah. 200 kilometers. So it's not an mm-hmm. insignificant amount of you know, uh, time and distance being covered. Actually, you know, we would have ridden a
1: lot more, but yeah. Veer and I both like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Who was listening? <laughs> both. <laughs> we had so much fun because we left early and we weren't filming anything so we showed up at the lunch place mm. at breakfast time <laughs> and we totally wrong-footed them they didn't know what to do with us okay uh
0: in all of that uh the chassis was we've found hero chassis and suspension setups to be on point with with every motorcycle that they've come out with no different here the uh Maverick uses 17-inch front, uh, front rims and 17-inch at the rear as well. So slightly different sizes for the tires and rims compared to the Harley Davidson, which makes it feel a bit more agile. It does feel a bit lighter and more connected
1: to ride, more nimble and more connected. Yes. Right.
0: Uh, the brakes were new rider friendly so to speak so they're not sharp immediately but there's enough bite so it's a friendly motorcycle and that idea continues with the engine as well so that similar sense of talkiness easy uh pace being built up so till about 4000 rpm it's just loaded with torque and 4000 as shumi said is about where you're going to be sitting at 100 kilometers an hour in yeah. top gear yeah And uh,
1: good luck seeing the actual rev counter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So the instrument cluster is a pain. It's more of a checkbox in terms of everything that you can see and the features that it has, like turn-by-turn navigation indicators, Shumi said, are the size of his nail.
1: And my nail is smaller than his because he's showing the (laughs) index and I was showing the pinky. This one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so that's a bit of a miss there. But other than that, in terms of quality, this felt... uh, Good-ish. Yes, and good-ish. It, it will be confirmed once the production bike comes to test here at Motoring HQ. Uh, vibrations is a bit of a conversation that's been there online, as Shubhi yes, said. Yes, it's, but it's a not weird
1: place because I had two really smooth bikes, but I know other journalists did not. I heard complaints about Vibration and at various places. Somebody said at 4000, somebody said at Redline. So, whatever you're listening to online, remember they rode a bike and they have a picture, but it's not the final picture.
0: And uh, the engine has two newton meters less torque than the Harley Davidson, but there is change to the gearing to compensate for the different wheel sizes. So in terms of performance on the road, it feels about the same, which means it's friendly, it's easy, yep. and a hundred is good. When you're pushing it past that, is when you don't feel a sense of strain, but you do get a sense that you're coming to the limit of the motorcycle's abilities. People there on the right hit a indicator 150 or something like that. Shumi did about 130. So it's a motorcycle that can travel fast, but it's better enjoyed at a slightly calmer pace. It's a motorcycle that will be, as Shumi said, a good motorcycle for the city that's a bit premium. And you could do some amount of touring on it uh, in a nice, relaxed manner. Interestingly, and when we were having this conversation, the sense was that this could be somebody's first motorcycle. And Shumi says that it could be because it is that friendly. The idea being, will it be enjoyable for more years, is the question that has to be yep. figured out. And that's mm-hmm. something that will be yep. seen once we get the motorcycle here. Um In terms of specs, I didn't ask him the weight, but it doesn't feel heavy. height is about 800mm, so it's low enough. Uh So again, from an ease of riding standpoint, it's not a motorcycle that we feel intimidating. It doesn't feel heavy at times like the Harley-Davidson does. So friendly, good to ride. Comfortable, confident, better finished than the Harley. I think car- wires and cables were better put away yep. on this. So it's a step forward. And uh, one thing that Shumi mentioned was the switches felt like a step back. There's the yeah. cube that's missing on the Maverick, which the Harley has. And it's odd looking,
1: the blanked out space over there. It's not blacked out. That's why it looks odd. It's grayed out with a logo stamped <laughs> in it. It's, <laughs> yeah, just, it's drawing attention to it. Okay. Um, you didn't get to test the headlamps. Um, no, it does have the auto headlamp feature and where the console recognizes it's dark outside and turns okay. on the headlamp, but no, we didn't ride in the dark at all, so no clue.
0: There are three variants, pretty much like the Harley, so there's a base which gets spoke wheels, uh, which is the one to skip, the mid variant is the one to go for, it has nice bright colours like a red, which is uh, not a flashy red, but a more yes. enjoyable red, mm-hmm. and it's got a bright blue, yeah. and it gets alloy wheels, which means tubeless tyres, and then there's the top spec variant which comes with black glossy and black matte and it gets that machine finish on the wheels and Mm. some connectivity features. So that's not really worth it in our books. Correct. Right? Did I miss anything?
1: No. No? All right. But I had a great thought while you were doing all of this. Think about it. The last six months, let's call it, and I'm drawing a line in the sand, the six is not critical. Mm. We've got the Himalayan, Mm. incredible suspension. Mm. We've got the Duke 390, fantastic suspension. Mm. Now we've got the Maverick with great suspension. We've just suddenly turned a corner of some sort, where we've got three clear benchmarks in three different segments of Mm. how suspension is set up. And I'm only not bringing the classic 350 into it, because it's not sophisticated, although it's extremely effective, right? Which is so fantastic. It's amazing. Right? So, if you want to know what good suspension feels like, just go get test rides. Three motorcycles to test. The Himalayan, for all-round ability in terms of bad roads, good roads, everything. The Duke 390 for adjustability, what the stock setup is, how much more comfortable it can get and how much sportier it can get. And the Maverick for how well to balance what is effectively basic budget suspension. Wow. And uh, susp- good suspension is magic, genuinely, because getting it right is incredibly hard. So yeah. that We are there at this place. Yeah. And everybody who's tuning your engines and uh, aftermarket air filters and uh, piggyback ECUs and all of that, If you were to spend that kind of effort on suspension, you would get, to me, two times the benefit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The only thing did I miss out?
0: Uh, Pricing, 2 lakhs starting?
1: 199 starting and it um, finishes at 219 or 229 or something. I'll put up the prices.
0: Deliveries start in March. That's right. Uh, These were the pre-production bikes. So, the deliveries will be starting later, which is in March. And, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they'll be available in Hero, uh, Hero sh- uh, showrooms two dot zeros and premiers. I'll confirm if the basic Hero showroom will have the Maverick or not. I don't have clarity on it. I'll put a text link just in case updating whatever it is. Either way. All right. Anything else to be added? No, I'm I'm happy to see this motorcycle. Mm. I went back to the Boja airport, which is the cutest <laughs> airport on earth because it's so small and has so few flights that everybody you meet says. Good morning, have a safe flight. And it's crazy. The entire staff, which is all nine of them, but they all show up to say goodbye to the aircraft. So you think you're in Japan. It's crazy good. But I had a big smile on my face boarding the aircraft because I'd had two really pleasant days on a really nice motorcycle, which says a lot for what Hero has been able to achieve, which says something for what customers could expect when they think about owning the Maverick for forty. And I'm hoping if Hero can keep this thread together and progress down this road, we'll get some really good motorcycles out of them. And then their premium uh, adventure will become a success. All right. So, thank you so much for watching. If you have any more questions, do let us
0: know in the comments. We'll get back to you. And of course, this is available on Apple Podcasts,
1: Spotify and... That's it. Amazon and Google. And Amazon and Google. Thanks so much for watching.